0: Hello! Today's conversation is with composer, multimedia artist, performer, concert producer, and educator, Dr. Liza Sahido. Liza is on faculty at Florida International University and at Miami International University of Art and Design. And Liza does a lot of interesting work with her company, Psyche Opera, based out of Miami. They create a lot of multimedia operas and installations, and Liza has a lot of unique takes on the world of music today and COVID and what it means to be a performer and a multimedia artist. But before we get to that, please remember to like, leave a comment, and subscribe to my channels. And if you would like to consider supporting my content generally, please visit my Patreon page. Welcome to Music in Mind, Music in. Mind. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Liza Tejedo. She is a musician and composer and multimedia artist, and she is on faculty at uh, two universities in Miami, right? At Florida International and uh, Miami International University of Art and Design, right?
1: That's correct, yes.
0: Cool. So uh, we we met on a an open source social media platform called Minds probably a couple of weeks ago and um, we sort of found each other by both posting our, our own artistic work. And uh, I, I thought that Liza's music and attitudes about music were really interesting. So I thought it'd be fun for us to get to know each other a little bit and talk about what we do.
1: I look forward to it.
0: So how would you describe the the kind of work that you're doing at the moment in terms of sort of multimedia art and how it relates to sort of the academy and music outside of the academy and all of those relationships
1: well um i quickly discovered in graduate school that Academia isn't the most open place for an artist. Um, if you don't subscribe to a certain aesthetic, to a certain school of thought, uh, if you don't subscribe to postmodernism, yeah, um, you are you are an outcast. Yeah, and so I stopped. Composing for academia um, a few years ago mm-hmm. when I figured out that they are not an an open uh community of artists mm-hmm. and so although i've taken a, i've learned a lot from my studies um I've, I follow my own path in as far as composition is concerned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I care not about what my ivory tower <laughs> colleagues think about my work. Uh-huh. And, um, and that's okay because yep. I get awesome feedback from honest artists and honest feedback from audiences. And that's how I know that what I'm doing now is real art.
0: Uh-huh. So. So it, it's interesting that you mention postmodernism and sort of it, it, its place in in the academy. I remember when I was doing my master's, we had a class called uh, Critical Studies, where we had to read all these different articles surrounding um, different forms of critical theory as it relates to music and a little bit of postmodernism. And... Uh, I have this weird thing with postmodernism where I think that it has value. It isn't completely without value as a thing that should always be nagging in your head as an artist that what you're doing is a fiction. And I like that. But I think that there is way too much emphasis placed on it.
1: I agree. I think it had its place. It needed, the movement needed to happen.
0: Uh huh.
1: However, Academia is lags behind. It is it the.
0: That's definitely true.
1: <laughs> and and so, um, I took what I needed from. Postmodernism. Mm-hmm. And because I was really rigid as a composer, uh, starting as an undergrad, really really rigid, had really, um, this is what music was. And if it crossed that line, it was no longer music that's how rigid wow. my yeah i was I was very, very traditional
0: what what were those lines just out of curiosity
1: oh um for me, I mean the line it's embarrassing, but you, you don't for have to me, if you don't want
0: to I well just, no I, I
1: i I'm willing to admit that uh, for example, anything beyond WC was not music to me. Oh wow! <laughs> it was pretty rigid, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, postmodernism and and the the philosophy of my teachers right. opened up my compositional palette. Mm-hmm. And I am so grateful for all of my teachers. My I I had really good teachers.
0: Yeah.
1: It is. Um, but there comes to a point where I don't think it's so much the philosophy of postmodernism that is the problem, but it is the community of uh, of artists that um, want to impose continue to impose that philosophy strictly mm-hmm. moving forward to audience uh, to um, to composers of uh, of this generation yeah. and it's uh yeah and it's alienating uh, audiences and they know that and they still don't want to change uh-huh um, so it, that is the problem mm-hmm. with it. it it needed to happen yeah but um it's run its course it's done the job that it needed to do now it's time for us to really compose honestly uh-huh and so, so that is
0: do you yeah. see your own music as being in dialogue with with movements in say modernism and postmodernism, and then everything after that
1: no, um, I try not to be a part of any isms of any kind. Right, that's okay. good Every idea. composition for me, it's its own thing. It has its own goal. And I just want to use the materials as honestly as possible and allow the materials and mm-hmm. the... If I'm working with text, for example, to allow that to to guide my work in a certain direction. I, I let my materials guide me where they need to go. Okay, And so, um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't like to pigeonhole myself in any, in any genre or any movement. Right. I call my most recent works electronic opera for marketing purposes, but what I do is, is beyond any, I, I don't pigeonhole myself into put myself into any boxes.
0: Okay. So. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, from from listening to your music, I, I I get that sense. So the electronic opera, the the designation is more of a marketing designation than uh, than what you than it's like, so a,
1: hard, like. It's so hard. It's been so hard for me to explain to. Uh, audiences label audiences what it is that I do, uh-huh. and I find that the term electronic opera uh, gives them a more direct idea about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And anything that uh, that helps me to connect with an audience better, that's what I'm going to do. Uh-huh. I'll call it what I'll call it whatever it needs to be called, <laughs> so that people will give my music a chance because yep. it's it's not cookie cutter, mm-hmm. factory produced music. And so you do have to invite the audience into the experience. And if you're not willing to do that, they're, you know, yeah, that's part of the problem that I think the ivory tower has. So,
0: yeah, not sort of being maybe disdainful of an audience or something like that.
1: Yes. It's like, how, how dare you not appreciate what I do? (laughs) Uh, You,
0: yeah, that's you true. really
1: do have to invite people in, into the experience so that they're open to it. If you're defensive about it, um, yeah. Well, you know, yeah, you know.
0: it's true. It, it's funny. <laughs> I, I I was just watching this old uh, series of talks, or maybe it's just one talk that that John Mayer, the the pop singer, gave at Berkeley in Boston, and uh, it, it was pretty funny. I mean, he was talking about writing pop music, but um, the uh, he made this point that uh, the public and or your audience is definitely smarter than you. And there's a lot of uh, sort of young songwriters who, who think that they're right and that their music is good and should be heard. And uh, right. his point is like, you need to get over that.
1: Yes. you You're wrong. You definitely, humility... <laughs> is necessary yep. if you want to reach an audience. Yes. And yeah, I spent more than 10 years in school, uh, uh, you know, owning my craft, uh-huh. learning. And, uh, but that doesn't mean anything yep. if your work doesn't connect it.
0: Right. Well, yeah. I think that that's, that's part of what, um, what music is to me, is it's a connection. Between people, and I think for all of us musicians, during the the these lockdowns, the yes. how that's all been dissolved is really difficult. And yes. it makes music feel sometimes pointless or something.
1: Yes. It's criminal what's happening. Yep. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> that we can get into politics if you want, but we, oh we don't mind.
0: have to. I, it was just it was a thought. it, it actually made <laughs> me think of your the the opera that that you Please. sent me that's exploring the relationship of technology and how technology is becoming more and more ubiquitous and controlling of our yes. lives, but yes. also necessary. And it's this very strange dialogue that we're in with increases in, in technological development.
1: Yes, yes. And so, um, yeah, uh, the, the opera uh, Cyborgs Are Dancing explores that struggle that right. balance and at the end you know i'm not sure that i i'm done composing this opera because i'm not sure how i sh- whether humanity will pull out of <laughs> and so it ends in a really dark place mm-hmm. because i have yet to decide and uh well as we're well, as we're in this unconstitutional lockdown um i think i think things uh I think it, it, right now, I'm going to step back and see what happens before I yeah. conclude the work. So,
0: it's difficult because technology is so important to us as a species. And every major development, I mean, airplanes, violin bows, I mean, new, new types of pianos, new types of keyboards, all sorts of analog and digital technologies are sort of a piece of our development. And so this sort of, like, idea of cyborg futures has sort of always been there. But at the same time, there's this very strange uh, feeling that we're about to jump deeper into it in a way that we couldn't really previously imagine. Or maybe we already have, actually. Who knows?
1: It, we might have jumped off the deep end already um, <laughs> yeah. in in that, but I I don't think that, um, just to clarify, I don't think that technology so much is the problem. Right. It is who is developing, who's managing it, all these huge um, monopolies that are disseminating this technology to us. We are yeah. giving so much control to so very few people. Mm-hmm that is the problem who is con- the the problem isn't the technology it's who's controlling it yeah and um yeah the the future seems a little dark and green. Yeah. <laughs> <It's- sighs>
0: that's true uh one thing i noticed that's that's maybe uh, a smaller scope conversation is uh on on a lot of your your videos you you specifically address the fact that you're not using uh pre-recorded audio but rather generating audio live and processing it in different ways.
1: Yes, one of the things that I dislike about electronic music being an electroacoustic composer that's always is good. <laughs> is um, f- music fixed playback music concert music that is fixed playback that defeats the purpose of composing concert music mm-hmm. um, and so I like to keep a performance as an interaction between performer and audience uh-huh. and once you start bringing fixed playback into live performance it's i don't know i try to one of my lights went out i try to keep as i try to keep everything as real time as possible
0: Mm -hmm.
1: including video
0: yeah yeah video is difficult Uh, i find when i try and make either directly reactive or quote interactive um video it always ends up looking like a screensaver
1: <laughs> that very true and the way that i've gotten around that is uh i'm i'm not saying don't use any any fixed material uh-huh. for video sometimes it is it is necessary what i like to do is is create fixed video content that can then um uh, Be imported into Max, and then you can use Max Mm -hmm. to uh, process certain elements of that video in real time. So it does have a connection to what you're doing live. Mm -hmm. The, for example, the the video that you see coming through uh, the transparent portions of my video is a video running on a loop, but it's audio reactive, Mm. and so um, with video. I think especially uh, if your computer is not very powerful, it it's a good compromise. Yeah. yeah but that, I mean, going completely on stage and, uh, you know, I mean, I've been to so many conferences where you sit down and someone just, presses play and then okay cool yeah I can experience that at home that's yeah. not a performance mm-hmm. and so, there
0: might as well just be a speaker on stage you yes know, you even need exactly the right
1: yeah yeah well why even be on why even have this in a in a theater
0: <laughs> do you I, know the 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 listening room at Stanford at Karma that they have no no it's I mean it's kind of neat so it's just one seat in the middle of a room, and they have a complete three-dimensional speaker setup that goes above and below you, and the floor is mesh, so that the speakers can come up uh, oh, from wow. beneath you as well as above you, and so to, you're sitting in a sphere of sound. But there can only be one person there, and the room performs it.
1: I mean, I I love installation art, and right. um, and. And immersive audio experiences that's cool, mm-hmm. that's not a performance. I'm into right. producing performances, all of that is cool. Um, and and I've engaged in installation art, mm-hmm. I think. I mean, I, l- I love dealing with technology and building cool environments and things like that, but in as far as performance, I, I do have a kind of rigid uh idea of what Mm -hmm. should be on stage as a performance in front of an audience, Mm -hmm. what should be done.
0: Do you, do you feel like the idea of a score is, is also fixing a performance in a way?
1: You know, as long as humans are involved, Mm -hmm.
0: um, I like that. That's good.
1: You know, a performance from a score is always going to is going to be different every time right and you know the audience feeds the performer the performer feeds the audience
0: mhm
1: you know there's an energy exchange there just because they're playing something that they've memorized and fixed there you know whether we're conscious of it or not there is a dialogue happening there mhm and so yeah,
0: that's definitely true. Have you have you explored any of the developments in in AI creation of music or anything like that?
1: I've I've looked into it. There are a lot of uh, a lot of my colleagues who are uh, Max people uh, uh-huh. uh, composing a lot of algorithmic music, where a computer or they co uh, a computer co creates a piece with them. Right. Um, I think that's Very interesting because now you can also interact with the technology you're using to generate music. I've experimented a little bit with it, Mm -hmm. but in as far as the more advanced experiments, um, yeah, I'm blown away by what people are doing. Yeah, it's kind of scary, actually.
0: (laughs) Well, I think it's really weird for me. So uh, one one of my uh, best friends is a a doctoral student at uh, Georgia Tech named Richard Savory, and they're working right now on this project with a robot who just came out with an album. The robot's learning to rap, freestyle rap. The robot film scores. It can score for video games. Um, and so it, it's, its programming and its technology is just building and building uh, to the point where it's actually making incredibly interesting music. But I think ultimately, at the root, I still have a problem connecting with it because the the ingenuity behind it is interesting, and there's the human element, but sure. I honestly don't care how technically skilled a machine is at playing a marimba or something like that. Right. And like the, the, the Nancro pieces for Player Piano are cool, and his composition of them is cool, but even the performance of it gets boring to me because I don't care how f- fast a machine can play a piano.
1: Exactly, exactly right. So... <laughs> let's keep uh, i'm all about keeping humans in the art and yeah. um uh, yes and part of the reason that i haven't explored um you know has have have, have it, it doesn't interest me uh-huh. i don't care about robots making music or <laughs> computers comp- i i mean i can appreciate uh, the people who developed the technology, right. the wizards, I really can appreciate it. And th- their work is going to provide us with awesome new tools. Mm-hmm. But I personally am not interested in, uh, I, I mean, as far as it's simple, random algori- algorithmic things that I can do in Macs uh, mm-hmm. so as to allow my computer to seem like it's, reacting to my performances and, uh, uh, to what I'm feeding it, that, that's fine. That's enough for me. Right. But, uh, yeah, n- n- I can appreciate it, but, um, not really interested in seeing us go in that direction. <laughs> so
0: do you see your computer as a, as a sort of performer or a, a piece of of your compositions and your performances or do you i mean there's other ways but i could also imagine seeing it as a tool for setting up an environment or something like that that's
1: how i look at it it Uh is this tool has has changed the way that i create right no doubt but Mm -hmm. uh you know when the piano was invented that changed. it changed the way people created when the violin was invented that changed the way people so what i'm doing is no different than what uh composers did in the past this is just a new tool to create art with yeah
0: it it seems like in a lot of your compositions you really use it as a way of developing an immersive environment especially with the visuals i what i really liked about the opera was the visuals were also projected onto the performers and I, I like love. that. It, yeah. it sort of uh, it ties this yes. thing that can just be plastered up on the wall. It it actually makes it a performing environment. And then the Integrates. sounds that you're doing. And I yes. I think you had some gesture controlling, right? Yes.
1: Yes. Yeah. Um, I had two. Um, I had two webcams set out in the uh, audience. One was capturing the performers, processing the image, and spitting it back out into the overlay. Uh-huh. And um, one camera was on stage with me, uh, pointed at the dance area. And so when the, at certain points in the composition, webcam would turn on and capture the movements of uh, my dancer, Bridget Kermier, mm-hmm. incredible experimental dancer. And, uh, she, and her movements would trigger um, the onset of notes in a MIDI sequence. So it was a very simple interaction, but, you know, she, um, it, it just gave that extra tie in, uh, with what she was doing. So I am experimenting more with, uh, with real motion tracking in max. Mm. So, uh, so, um, I looked forward to sharing those experiments um, moving forward. Yeah. yeah.
0: Also, for anybody listening who doesn't know, Max is a very cool programming environment, sort of a visual programming environment uh, that can, I mean, you can basically do anything like, like any programming anything. language.
1: Anything. But anything.
0: The, the way it's set up is really nice, because you can create visual objects and connect them with patch cords so you can see the data flow really easily.
1: Exactly. If you're an audio person, and, uh, and you know, you can really relate to Max cause it's all signal flow, Yeah, all of it. And you can build whatever you want with it. It's, yep. it's amazing. I love the tool.
0: Yeah. And, uh, Liza has some cool, uh, tutorial videos up too on YouTube. I think both on the, uh, her, her opera channel and her, her personal yes, channel.
1: Yes. On my personal channel. So if you, Search psyche opera on YouTube or Liza Sejido on YouTube. You'll uh, run into one of my channels, and I have tut- my tuto- my max tutorials on both channels.
0: Yeah, so. you even have a tutorial on creating a podcasting platform, right?
1: Yes, a podcast. Well, the first episode is of of that tutorial series is free. Mm. Um, oh, cool! I'm going to. So I'm going to make. Uh, Uh, episodes two through six available on brighteon for a not for a subscription but for a small tip and then you'll be able to access it so you with with this app you will be able to build a standalone podcasting app in max with a cool audio visualizer that you can customize to your brand so i look forward to releasing that soon (laughs)
0: So it, it seems like education is really important to you also. Yes. You're making you're making these videos and your faculty at, at two colleges in Miami.
1: I um, love teaching because I love talking about what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk all day about this.
0: <laughs> That's great. Do you do you do you consider that a piece of the practice of being a composer and musician?
1: Well, um, academia is the the patron That's how I think of it. And so uh, it would be really hard if I didn't like to teach. But fortunately, I love being a teacher. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's part of me.
0: That's great. Yeah. Cool. Um, uh, I was also going to ask you, oh, about your relationship to, to text. So... You use text. It seems like a lot, and you yes. were posting about um, some some Hildegard of Bingham, and then yes, you had a, a Kyrie, and then the, yes. the text for the for the opera is a, a Petrarch text, right?
1: Yes, it's. Um, I've been using Petrarch's canzoniere forever for tons and tons of work. Um, I wrote a a, a mass, a, a song cycle that is a mass. Uh, that is an amalgam of the mess Ordinary and uh, some uh, s- some excerpts from Petrarca's Canzoniere. Okay. The opera is entirely uh, taken from Petrarca's Canzoniere. So uh, what I did was I, f- I uh, put together the um, the story arc for th- for the opera, and it's like how can I tell the story with Petrarca's words. And this man, I mean, he's, um, he's a humanist uh, poet of the Middle Ages. Mm-hmm. Uh, and very spiritual because he was also a priest. Uh-huh. And, um, and I find that I connect with his text so much. Uh, so I, I piece together in his text in a way that I am telling the story of humans being subjugated by technology.
0: Interesting. And, uh, and yeah. I
1: love Italian, so <laughs> singing in Italian for me is it, I don't know, for me it 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 adds that extra <sighs>
0: I, I, I feel, I, I I feel like I know I what you mean. <laughs> I, I love Italian composers. Something about, I'm always drawn to Italian composers. And my favorite composers are always Italian, so. Yes, yeah. I feel like I know the, what
1: you mean. The language, the sound of the mm-hmm. language, I like very
0: mm-hmm. much. So. Did, was it difficult to connect uh, text that was so old to such a seemingly modern idea? Or did it fit pretty easily?
1: You know, he he wrote so many poetry, so much poetry, and the canzoniere covers many topics. It covers love, lust, uh, politics. Mm-hmm. Um, it 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 covers the human experience. So it was very easy to find text that that I could use to piece together to, to tell the story.
0: So. I, it's it's very cool that idea of this lineage going back so far and being sort of prescient today yeah. with, with this idea. I, I actually I just wrote uh, a short paper about uh, something that's happening in pop music that's similar, of reusing old songs as choruses for new songs, but shifting the tone and the words to suit the the new song. And so I I don't know if you shifted the words at all, but that idea of repurposing old material and bringing it to bear on a new idea, I think is very powerful.
1: You know, wisdom never uh, expires, you know, doesn't have an expiration date. So if you start with good, if you start... Well, I I don't I, I don't have anything to add to that. It's like it's it it will always be relevant. Mm-hmm. Good material uh, will always be relevant. Uh-huh.
0: And so, yeah, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, so then the multimedia side of your work, so bringing in dance and visuals, do you feel that it is difficult to maintain sort of uh, compositional control over all those different areas? Or do you feel like it, it comes naturally? Cause it, it's something I've struggled with where I feel like I'm a bad visual designer and I've sort of done music. And whenever I try and go into visuals, I feel like I'm drowning or something.
1: You know, um, I'm a very visual person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes with composition first, I see what, you know, I've, I can visualize what I want to see on stage. Uh-huh. And then the music comes later. Oh, that wow. Happens. Okay. Yes. So, yeah, I, 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 I guess I'm kind of unusual that way.
0: Yeah, I, I so, don't know, but that, that, that's very cool. So, with your opera, for instance, it, it had a very distinct um, visual setting, quality, every, everything about it. I mean, it, it's definitely in my mind. So that that was something that you envisioned before you even thought about the music. It
1: had a look, yeah. Okay. And so, um, yeah, that is, um, you know, sometimes I create a video and Mm -hmm. then score it. Uh, Like that's what film scores do. I, I kind of approach composition that way.
0: Interesting. So do you see your music as then serving the visuals, or do you see them as more of a cohesive uh, unit?
1: I've...
0: Or something else. I think...
1: <laughs> no, I, I've, I think because the music... You have to do what's natural to you. Mm-hmm. And if you try to force things into place, it's not going to work. And so... Um, for the most part i i allow the visuals to tell me or the text to tell me what the music's gonna do Uh and um i don't feel like the music is subservient to the visuals but rather it's uh, the composition is everything the composition (sighs) That's why I like calling myself a multimedia artist and not uh-huh. so much a composer mm, anymore okay. because it's all, it's Gesamtenswerk. It's mm-hmm. all one thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I th- it's an interesting idea that the the visuals or the text sort of tell you what the music is going to do as if sort of the music is there and you have to access it or something like
1: that. Yes, yes, yeah. I, I like to, and and whenever I've tried to to push out materi- musical material without having some... Even my purely acoustic compositions in the early days, you know, mm-hmm. I worked very much like Debussy. You need an image and then you paint that image in, in the music. Hmm. So even before I got into multimedia art, I, I always like to start with an image uh-huh. uh, before uh, before getting into the music and that's the way i i allow that image or the story to to structure my composition mm-hmm. yeah. all of my effective compositions cool. ha- were composed that way and whenever i try to be i'm a composer <laughs> um you know strictly you know what did, what is this term that's used i to talk about um Standalone music. Oh,
0: like absolute um, music. Absolute. Autodidactic music. or whatever. Yeah.
1: yeah. Whenever I've tried, it, it, those have been the worst uh, products I've ever produced. Oh, really? So, yes. Interesting. Um, so, I need, I need visuals. i mm-hmm. I, I need images. Uh-huh. And so, or I need, I need to tell a story. Right. And so.
0: It, it's interesting that you, you, you you You're trying to tell a story, and then even even on uh, even on minds, you, your posts are very expressive and courageous and forthcoming. I think that there's this interesting thing, and it's it's sort of a, a trap that I fall into. A lot of composers have it in especially sort of the the absolute music world, is you can you can get away with not saying anything at all. And in fact, you're trying to, and it's a great way to hide and it's sort of the 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 least courageous thing you could do maybe but i also love it <laughs> i love coming up with nerdy little systems and having that they don't have anything hey, to do with anything in theory to
1: each it's <laughs> his to each his own yeah and if you you gotta do whatever works for you right there's always been this thing about absolute music it's like well you know, this is a higher music because here the music is right. the most important thing in the composition. I, I I threw that away a long time ago because I was... Yeah,
0: I think this connected. is where... Oh, sorry.
1: No, no worries. Go ahead.
0: I, I think it's where postmodernism is actually important. Yes. Because to delude yourself into thinking that you can write music that actually has nothing to do with anything else is ridiculous.
1: Exactly right. Oh my gosh, I had... Uh, I'm not going to mention names. I'm not going to mention names, but I have this colleague um well, uh he composes non-referential music.
0: Uh-huh, right, right, right. Wow, Completely that's impressive. Completely
1: non. Yeah, he must be an alien from outer space because I I mean, how do you how you're taking from some sort of tradition whether you like it or not. Right. right? So
0: <laughs> yeah, if you're using a piano, there's a tradition there. There's yes. equal temperament, there's the history of piano music. There's no way out of it.
1: I, I, it, it boggles my mind uh, for me to see such intelligent people make such stupid statements. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I know. I, I, I get it. There, there's a, a sort of like a weird idealistic beauty in that you could have something that doesn't reference anything else, but it seems theoretical at best.
1: It is definitely theoretical one hundred percent i mean there's there is no way, even if you invented your own instrument right i mean we're we're humans we're affected by our uh, our environment and our um upbringing there's so much mm-hmm. that feeds into how we create things and it's it's just Everything has been done under the sun. You are going to find somebody who yep. uh, who created something uh, very close to what you did, and yep. and that suggests that it's impossible to compose non-referential music.
0: Yep, and e- even even making a new instrument. There, there is traditions of that. There is cultures yes. of that.
1: If exactly you go
0: to right. if you go to Nime every year, they have all sorts of weird new instruments.
1: <laughs> yep. 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 <laughs>
0: yep, you you're stuck. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That that's cool. So, so what what about Minds? I, uh, I I found it probably like a year ago, and I I wasn't really on it much at first. And I I try and go back to it because I I very much like the idea of it, of and as yes. an open source social media platform where. Decentralized. Sort of the, the source code is yep. is free and open you can you can learn how it works there's very little um censorship on it
1: yeah yeah i, I. so um yeah i ran into it a year ago as you did and but didn't create an account until uh-huh. um the beginning of the lockdown uh i was seeing so many people getting deplatformed mm-hmm. from uh you know From the big platforms, right. yep yep, and and I decided no i need I need a backup, and it's become more than a backup now, now it's my primary social media oh wow, I've dumped Facebook uh yep. and once <laughs> Facebook I, sucks
0: now anyways so.
1: horrible, horrible, yeah. it's toxic, yeah um, almost as it, i I've never been on Twitter, oh really Um, never, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's refused. Um, and I'm working my way off of Instagram. Okay. Uh, so I'm yeah. building up my mind. So I, f- I find, you know, you hear all of these, um, uh, marketing gurus tell you, have to be on as many platforms as you want and main and maintain them and create specific content for each one. And I find I-, I tried doing that. Yeah. And it just burnt me out. It didn't grow my audience anymore. And I'm finding now having reduced the number of platforms I, I'm on and uh, just focusing on creating uh content for minds, for example, mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm reaching more people, okay. more interesting people like yep. you. So <laughs> really creative. Uh, I, I, there's so many creative, uh, wonderfully creative people on minds. Yeah, um,
0: definitely. So I'm it's a little bit be. of a weird place too. I don't think it's. <laughs> It's not all wonderful. There's something about it that no. th- there's some odd people on there.
1: Well, that's what you get with a free speech of course. platform. Yep. And I'm not scared of running into no. Nazi or <laughs> an anti Semite I mean, or, you know, you don't I have to read them. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And that's, I think, the attitude that people need to take. Yep. If you don't like it, get off the channel, block yep. that person. Why do you have to get all. <sighs> Or it's like, oh my God, I'm on this platform where there, there are these kind of people. It's like, it's a free speech platform. Don't be afraid of free speech because the moment you, you want to deny people free speech, it's going to be used against you.
0: I would also rather know how people are, what they think, because all those people exist in the world. They just don't say anything.
1: Exactly right. Exactly right. And so, yeah, yeah. Um i I agree with that one hundred percent so it's uh, I r- uh sorry i really like the platform
0: yeah yeah i i'm very i've become very interested in in sort of as much honesty as possible, and like the radical honesty movement is maybe a little much but i I like the idea of it. And it, it's something where even if I disagree with somebody completely, if they're actually being honest about how they feel and genuine about their beliefs, I love it. Yeah. Even if I think their beliefs are terrible. Like there there was that, um, I don't know if you saw it, there was a, a controversy with, with Nick Cannon where he, he got, he lost his radio show because he was talking about some controversial ideas from Louis Farrakhan. Um. Uh, about sort of, sort of anti-Semitic ideas and, and some anti-white ideas. But I actually didn't hate it because what he was saying was so honestly true. And I feel like you could have a conversation with somebody who has an honest belief. Right. I wasn't as mad as other people were.
1: You know, we have to know who's out there. Right. We can't solve the problems of our society if we forbid certain speech, yep. even what people consider to be hate speech. Right. So if we are to improve our society, we have to have, we need to speak to these people. Yep. And we, and we, we can not stigmatize people that speak to those people.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and
1: so... Then it won't know, get better. It won't get better. And so... Um, yeah i'm I'm for radical free speech all the mm-hmm. way
0: yeah, 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 me too, but I feel like it has to come with a val- like a cultural value of honesty, and I feel like that's a yes. big piece that yes. uh, culture is lacking is
1: yes yeah yes um, oh my God
0: It's difficulty because honesty's dangerous and it's scary, and it hurts people it sometimes yeah
1: yeah well. Gosh, there's so much to say. Where to begin on this?
0: <laughs> well, I I I like how you were talking about this earlier when you were talking about your music and and being honest with your own music. And it's not postmodernist. It's not modernist. You're not subscribing to these isms, right? But you're you're trying to be honest to yourself and your own practice,
1: right? Right. Y- yes, and it, and it, um. But perhaps um. Perhaps this is why um, my music is sometimes uh, uh, bashed, devalued by mm-hmm. people in academia, because they don't want.
0: Does that happen a lot? Yeah. Oof.
1: Um. Well, I, I was to put an example. I, I had a good friend, mine, colleague. Uh, finished performing a piece, got great feedback from the audience, and he came up to me and was like, "Well, of course they're gonna like it. it's so referential." Um, <laughs> and this is a different person. This is not, That's another and, person. And this is another people person.
0: People obsessed with this referential thing. Okay.
1: Yes, and um, and like it's like, uh, it's like you're. I've also gotten the comment. This, you know, your music's you seem like you rely on 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 having uh, extra musical things in your performances, and doesn't that take away the uh, your focus on the composition? And, yeah, blah, blah, blah. and so... N- this is a it, very
0: old-fashioned idea. I don't... Yes. I, it's but, very but confusing is, to me that people are still holding on
1: to this. Oh, academia is hardcore holding on to these things, and, and it's because they want... true honesty they want to be lazy they don't want to they they i'm sure inside they they sit down in the audience like i wish i could do that you know i wish i put the work into it (laughs) and you can do it um stop banging on a can and do you know do you can learn to do it right and uh but they rather take the route that oh well um, she needs like extra musical things to, or, or she's more commercial. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. It doesn't make any sense. She's more commercial. So you, you and Taylor
0: she... Swift on the next big tour. Oh yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. <laughs> and so, um, it's because they don't want to be honest with themselves Right, uh, they don't want to put the work into creating what they really want to create.
0: It's and, scary. Um, it's dangerous. Yeah. Maybe people won't like the things that they want to create.
1: Uh, that's always so. That's they can a they risk. can
0: hide behind these little systems that, that right. you can't argue with because it works.
1: It, right, right. Because you know they have the degree, and um, right. you know, uh, well, I have the degree too. But yep. It takes more people like us with a degree to say, you know, it's, it's time to move on from this attitude, people. And so, um, yeah, honesty is not valued. Yeah. Um, and that's something that we need to change in our society, that we need to, uh, as a teacher, I cultivate it with my students whenever I get a chance to get into this uh, area. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so.
0: The uh, the y- your point about the laziness is interesting. I I have a friend who's who's a drummer who was commenting on. Um, I don't know if you saw it was a video that was going around maybe a couple weeks ago about music theory being racist or white supremacist.
1: Yeah, I've run into that reading some McCleary. I I oh okay. Yeah, so.
0: Uh, it's it's interesting because the the video really really goes hard against figured bass, and like how how figured bass is a uh, they're trying to sneak in Shankarian uh, thought through figured bass, and so it's this sneaky way to push like Shankarian supremacy or something like that. But the the friend of mine who's a drummer was like, no, it's just lazy. They just don't want to learn how to do voice leading.
1: He has a point. (laughs) It's like Uh, it's
0: easier just to say it's racist and not do it.
1: Yeah, exactly right. (laughs) Exactly right.
0: Yeah. I don't know. It's a weird thing, especially with the Schenker piece, because I remember my my undergraduate composition professor talked to us about Schenker, and and he said Schenker was this weird, exists in this weird space, because there's some interesting things you can learn by thinking about music in a Schenkerian way. But Schenker also said that all music, uh, like after Mahler, was not worth listening to. And even Mahler wasn't too good. I'm like, this really weird thing where like all of the great music of the 20th century from a Schenkerian perspective is terrible. Because it all has to be me, Ray Doe, and Doe Sol Doe, right?
1: Yep, yep, uh, yep, just... So 1451, that's all there <laughs> is to it, people. And don't you dare experiment outside of that. And right. don't, you know, how about all these experiments with, you know, uh, Eastern tuning? And then, uh, yep. you know, I, I never got in, I had to learn Shanker mm-hmm. to, to teach in graduate school, to teach it. Right. Never, ever subscribe to it. No. No.
0: I think that the one time that it has a little bit of value is the Bach first C major prelude. It's like, it's a pretty good way of describing that piece, I think. I mean... Other than that... You
1: you know, it's like you trying to present how a composition was built. A certain, maybe... uh, certain things can uh, be expressed most most clearly uh, in the sh- with the graphs. Yeah, cool. But you discovering I've never discovered anything that I didn't know already through traditional uh, mm-hmm. harmonic analysis. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in w- through Shinkarian analysis, I learned nothing new from it. Yeah. Uh, so. I don't think it reveals anything about a piece. Just a <laughs> traditional harmonic analysis and formal analysis will do it for you. Yep. And you yep. knowing the history of the of the aesthetic of the time will help as well. But mm-hmm. It's nothing to discover in in Shink- Shink- with Schenker.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe not. I don't know.
1: I, that's me. Yep. Again, I know lots of people that that is their mode of an that's the way they analyze analyze everything, and they find it meaningful. Yeah.
0: It's it, it seems funny that the the way they analyze everything is they just want everything to be three blind mice. Yes, and the whole world has to be three blind mice.
1: It's, uh, it's also very well. Those of us that are that study acoustics, mm-hmm. um, and getting to tuning and uh learn about uh alternate tunings from mm-hmm. other cultures and then also compose with with uh noise and non-pitched things and right. and you know now we think of uh we think of the harmonic content of the actual notes we're we're playing you know, right. we're create creating new sounds. It's really, it's really a narrow.
0: Yeah, extremely narrow.
1: Close-minded. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does not acknowledge, uh, it does not acknowledge anything in acoustics or, or uh, it doesn't reveal anything about how, what humans prefer in as far as uh, s- s- what I've learned is that music—what music is—is music is contextual. Uh-huh. You, w- once you've defined a context for a composition, um, you can create a composition with within that context, mm-hmm. with anything. And you can, you know, once you've defined the world for a composition everything that fits into that world is music yeah and so uh yeah uh man i i heard someone a big composer i went to a conference uh in tw- say early early 2019 mm-hmm. uh opera america conference big speaker big composer you know what? I'm not going to say anymore because oh I, oh it, no it, the composer is so big people will know who it Uh-oh. is and so I I don't want to be bashing um, oh
0: no that was so exciting
1: <laughs> was oh waiting. my god okay I I guess I you,
0: you don't have to no 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 I mean I really I don't I don't want to be encouraging you to do something you shouldn't do but
1: I to, well I don't want to make people my. Uh, you know, you're anyone anyway, yeah, in your perspective, audience, my my enemy because I bashed their favorite composer, <laughs> but um, they probably already know who it is, you, you because I mentioned Opera America 2019 and they'll, they'll know who it is, Uh-oh. anyways. Very traditional concepts of what music is and how music should be structured, and uh, the spewing, uh, there, you know, only traditional. Only music created with uh, traditional uh, progressions of the common practice period are are worth. Their, can be called music. Uh, and I'm like, really? That's ridiculous. Really, it, you think that? <laughs> you wow. You, it's such you. a
0: narrow way of thinking. Like yeah. like that little dot on that page. All those little those little black note heads. Those those have anything to do with anything? Like, that's such you know, a specific way of thinking yes, about things. Music yes. can be anything. It's just it in your be, head. Yeah. That's the other thing is that that I love to think about. It is not real. You're making it.
1: Interesting. Interesting.
0: So this is why, like the my uh, what, what <laughs> my uh, my undergrad composition professor would. Uh, He'd he have these seminars, and in, inevitably somebody would ask something about, like, what what is music? Like, trying to ask some deep question. <laughs> right. And he would always say, like, oh, that's a stupid question. That's maybe fun oh, over beers, goodness. but, like, it's anything. Anything that you think is music is music. There's your answer.
1: I, f- I feel like if you create it and you connect with it. What yeah. was music called in ancient Greece? In ancient Greece, m- music meant of the muses. Right. And anything, anything that falls into, that touches upon uh, the disciplines of, of the muses is Mm -hmm. music. Yeah, that makes sense. It it can be anything. It can be anything. So long as, but I, I find that if, as the creator, as the composer, if you, if you compose honestly and put yourself into it and, and, and are not thinking about what your colleagues are going to think about your work. You will create music that connects with other people. Mm-hmm. And so.
0: Cool. That's a, <laughs> a, a beautiful sentiment to, 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 to end up on, I think. Um, beans. Yeah, that, that was awesome. Do you, uh, do you, do you have a way to, to play a little bit? We can try and do a little yes. improvisation before we finish up.
1: Absolutely, I have my improv gear in front of me right now. Okay. My little chaos pad, my hello. Oh
0: yeah, that's awesome. A
1: harmonizer, and so I'm ready to go.
0: All right, I uh, okay. thought it'd be fun. I've been practicing banjo a lot lately.
1: Awesome.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> we'll we'll see. I've been I've been practicing my my claw hammer for uh, a taping I have coming up next week. So. Very cool. Sort of awesome. fun stuff with it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I've never improved with a banjo player before. Oh really? This is a first for me, never.
0: Oh cool. <laughs> I love it because the the drum makes the strings ring, so you can do all sorts of cool tuning stuff.
1: Awesome. Oh, that's gonna be cool. <laughs> gonna be cool.
0: Alright. So we right. can start whenever, yeah.
1: Alright. So, I'm still having a line note for something there. I'm feeling.
0: Was a lot of fun thank you so much for doing it
1: thank you it's nice thank
0: to meet you. you and learn about you
1: awesome and i look forward to getting to know your music more too and uh future collaboration certainly in our future so yeah definitely all right all cool. well, righty <laughs> have a good weekend you too chaito Ding.
0: Thanks for listening or watching. Please remember to check out Dr. Liza Sahido and Psyche Opera, her multimedia opera company based out of Miami. And please remember to like, leave a comment, and subscribe to my channels. And if you would like to consider supporting my content generally, please visit my Patreon page. Thanks. Bye.